Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Well, hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm so excited you're here today because I am really wanting to introduce you to somebody who has a very special place in our Ashtanga Yoga history. She is the wife of one of the pioneers of Ashtanga Yoga. He pioneered this uh, teaching style in England, in Brighton, and also in Greece. And you've heard his name mentioned on our podcast many times, and that's Derek Ireland. Unfortunately, Derek passed away in 1998, uh, leaving behind Christina Karitanu and her two sons, as well as his two sons. And today we have Christina on our podcast to share with you her experience of yoga and her history and some of her shared history with Derek and um, all of her wisdom from teaching yoga over all of these years. And I can't wait for you to hear what she has to share. She's also a dear friend of Cliff Barber, who was born in Chicago, but moved to the island of Crete in Greece, where Christina uh, lives and teaches at the retreat center, the yoga practice. And so she also uh, has this connection to Cliff Barber, who unfortunately passed away a couple of days ago in Crete at the age of 90 years old. So this is a really special interview with Christina, where she speaks to um, her life, her journey, and how the practice and teachings of yoga have helped her to overcome the loss of her husband, her soulmate, um, and helped her through periods of darkness and depression, and also opened up whole new uh, gateways of life and experience and creativity. And it's uh, just such a lovely opportunity to meet this woman, this beautiful human being. And I know that her stories uh, will enrich your life. And they're such an important part of our shared Ashtanga yoga heritage and culture. So um, without delay, I want to let you get listening to this beautiful interview with Christina. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Harmony, and I'm here with Russell Case. This is an exciting morning, really. We, we, we have some gaps in our in our history, our little historiography that we've been creating here on the podcast, and we're able to fill in some some major gaps, and we're we're excited about it today. We have a very special guest, don't we? Mm-hmm. Christina Karitinu from nice. Crete. Christina, Christina of Crete. Christina of Crete. <laughs> thank you so much for the invitation, both of you, and also want to thank Daniel that actually he. Uh, connected us to make this podcast mm. yes thank you danielle what's danielle's <laughs> last name mm. but never mind yeah. <laughs> he knows he knows well, who he is well, a photographer <laughs> for for our listeners at home who may not know you they should uh christina is a certified ashtanga yoga teacher a zen practitioner from greece who's been teaching the tradition of Shri K. Patabi Joy since 1991. 
She was qualified as an Ashtanga Vinyasa yoga teacher by her late husband, Derek Ireland, who we've mentioned many times on the podcast, uh, authorized by Sri K. Patabi Joyce and certified by his son, Manju Patabi Joyce, 2012. Maybe you can help me with this next part, Christina, with Michael uh, Anastasiades. Yes. Is that okay. <laughs> she, you co-founded the Yoga Practice in London and the Triopetra Yoga Retreat. Mm-hmm. The Triopetra Yoga Retreat, it happened later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about it. You know. Okay. Okay. Well, where are you today? Um, right this moment, I am in Rethymnon, in a small town in Crete. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, in the summers, I teach daily maestro practices. And uh, in the winter, I'm traveling around Europe for workshops. Sometimes I go to Asia, sometimes I go to uh, South America, but mainly around Europe. Mm. Nice. You, that was nice when we used to be able to travel. Yes. <laughs> I still make it. Um, yeah. We had these terrible lockdowns, but uh, somehow uh, I'm planning um, to continue traveling this winter as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, more or less, we know now the routine, right? End of October till uh, end of January, we just don't plan so much as we used to. Right. Because mm-hmm. this is actually the time that the main lockdowns are happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. You know, I, I was thinking about the, the last time we met. I think we've only met the one time, but that was that was in Brighton in uh, the UK. And do you remember uh, teaching there? Was that, um, that wasn't the last time you taught in Brighton at the Brighton Natural Health Center. Yes. Well, what happened is that uh, after Derek's death in 1998, um, mm. as well that Derek was from Brighton, Hmm. So he I was from there. Yes, he was a Britannian. So um, I had some connections with Brighton. And the first place uh, we taught an Ashtanga class in Brighton, it was the Revolution Center, which was mm-hmm. a Buddhist center. Do you remember this? I do, yeah. I do remember that Buddhist center. So uh, I had an invitation to teach a course there, a beginner's course. And... Um, after that, I met Julie Martin. In one of these courses, I met Julie Martin. You remember her? I think. Yeah, because I was living in her house at the time. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that was the first uh, sort of um, serious study of Julie and Ashtanga. And uh, then I decided to sell my house in Brighton because at the time, uh, when Derek died, I stayed without work. Because as we know, Derek was working with his ex-partner, um, in South Crete, on the center of the uh, Rada. So, Rada, yes. So it was quite yeah. um, awkward to continue working uh, with her after his death. Yeah. And uh, of course, at the time, it was an ugly, uh, you know, it was not very nice, not very yogic the way the things happened. But I realized later on that it was the best option for me uh, to separate from this. Uh, you know, from this relationship. So um, it, it wasn't yogic. No, it wasn't very. Uh, it wasn't very correct the way that all the situation has been solved. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Okay, so yeah. um, so you left Crete. I left. Uh, yes, I left Crete. Actually, I didn't really left it. I had to just uh, redraw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No choice, hundred percent. But it was. Uh, I realized years later that it was the best thing that happened to me at the time, um, because literally I had to find my own wings, my own um, field of. Uh, teaching and my own free expression on that. So that would not be possible if I will uh, stay in that, uh, uh, in that center. So, um, you know, that one of these things that when they happen, you just realize that uh, you have to trust hundred <laughs> yeah. percent to trust hundred percent. And, you know, me finding myself, you know, with two young uh, children, uh, without work i had to um i had to act fast so we were lucky enough to have a flat in hove yeah brighton is close to hove yes <laughs> and um i sold my flat and then i had a nice soft pillow for um, five years to invest in my work mm. and uh, then i received an invitation from julie to start a yoga center in the National Health Center. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had this beautiful uh, manager at the time, Jedi. Oh, Jedi. I love Jedi. Oh, my I son think... is now also named Jedi, which is weird. Really? <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? He's 10. Um, uh, Jedi had, had uh, from the Natural Health Center, had the most beautiful white teeth, the most oh sparkling. The, the kindness I mean if I tell you you know the deal actually it was like you come here I mean he welcomed me like I don't know it was for me I'm always grateful to him because as I said before I had no uh, no way to start so he said to me you come here we're going to create an Ashtanga center and of course Julie as well was involved right and I'm going to give you uh, your salary regardless if you're going to have one None or 20 people for six months. Wow. Mm, that's wonderful. For me, yeah, for me, that was a, a help from heaven uh, at the time yeah. because uh, obviously, you know, I could not make a living uh, at, at the time with this uh, agreement, but I had some money to invest in my work and to the advertisement and uh, personal workshops and everything. But for me, it was huge, huge help this project because it really, um, it was the first uh, center that actually, uh, with the help of uh, of my friends, of course, of Julie and Ginny Dean and Lynn. Oh yeah, Ginny Dean, yeah. And uh, so beautiful souls. Actually, we've been there and working together with Jedi. We managed to organize. Uh, yoga center and stanga center and it was the first stanga center in brighton right and that's right it was not just in brighton it was in the south so at the time it was uh, us in uh, brighton and the south coast and it was um uh john scott in london Gingy, mm-hmm. Gingy uh, lee yes yeah. and also it was hamish which at the time was working in scotland with uh, Nick Leonig, that actually right. was the first center in, so the first center for Ashtanga Yoga in England, in UK, 
it was you know established, they were established from uh, direct students right mm, yeah, yeah all three of you yeah and yeah. four of you with Jinji. Yes. That was John, right before John moved to Penzance to start the, yeah, the center is. in Cornwall, yeah. And then shift the whole thing because then uh, um, Hamish came to London mm -hmm. and John went to Penzance. So, uh, you know, it was after we, we start to travel and shift around. Mm -hmm. uh, we were travelers on the end of the day, we were travelers and we still are travelers, you know, so we traveled with each wherever the need is. You know. <laughs> so at the time, um, my friend, my good friend, Doug Tocklebong from Botswana, he would, he would describe your enthusiasm for teaching. And it was really astounding to him. I don't know if you remember Doug, but he said that you were so disciplined and so loyal. You'd teach no matter who, who showed, whether it was one person or, or, or five people or 10 people, he was really impressed with you. It's still the same now. Mm. Um, I never lost my enthusiasm for the teaching, even in my darkness, uh, when I pass, you know, depression in some point, because obviously in some point I was, I had to pass this, you know, I was, uh, I lost my husband and I had to uh, stay strong. And at some point, you know, I did face, uh, uh, and that was the reason I left Brighton. That was the reason I left Brighton. That, the fact mm -hmm. that I woke up in the morning and I start to have panic attacks and anxiety. Mm -hmm. But the yoga room, these are little shala. I don't know if you remember it in I, the small room that it happened. Yeah. With, with the mirrors. Yeah. With the mirrors was the was the most safe place on the planet for me at the time. Mm -hmm. So um, the connection with the teaching. It was my magic carpet because it got me through and still gets me through many, many situations, good or bad and uh, strong and uh, weak times. So uh, yes, I'm, I'm still very, 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 very enthusiastic about the way that actually people, they're reacting to the method, the mm -hmm. change the method brings. And uh, uh, was one of my promises to Derek before he died that uh, I will continue what I learned to share it with other people. I will continue doing this and I will not change anything because the fact is that every time I, I've been influenced by another teacher, always I return to the same way because it works perfectly <laughs> for me. <laughs> 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 um, uh, yes. You had two children at the time as well. I had two children, now I have three children. At the time I had two children. Uh, Dennis, who now is 27, and he is uh, studying uh, film director, and he's a yoga teacher too. Mm. And uh, Liam, who is an actor, now mm -hmm. he's 24. And I have Irini from my second uh, marriage, who she's 12. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so time, you had two young boys and had two to... Yes. Yeah. Two young, four years old, yes. And you had to start your your life over in a way. Yes, and the fact is that actually uh, my deepest connection with the yoga and with the practice it happened when I, you know, when I met Derek and I was pregnant with my first child. So um, it was then it was a beginning, another beginning, and then the next beginning was you know uh, on this this time I was in Brighton and that was in uh, 1999, where we mm -hmm. created 
and yes. It was certainly um, intimidating. I was 27 myself when I, uh, maybe 28, when I walked into the Brighton Natural Health Center, it was my first job out of college. First job I ever had, that was my full-time gig. And uh, walking in there, um, I noticed, I didn't, at the time, looking back, I can see that I, I had a different generation. You know, my teacher guy out of New York, mm-hmm. Donahue, it was, um, it was a different um, time period, I think, when he learned from Batabi Joyce. And so there were little differences, you know. Yes. And, and so walking into the room, I was like, I didn't, I didn't really understand, you know, that... Um, it's okay that there are differences. Yes. <laughs> what, uh, what, what kind of differences, apart from these three postures, which is uh, Hanumanasana and... Uh, That's exactly the differences. Those, the Samarakanasana the and the Hanumanasana in the middle of the standing sequence, I was, I, I, it was like someone had, had uh, blown my head off. It was like, what's going on in here? You know, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know Tim Miller and, you know, I, I just hadn't picked that up. And so it was um, trying to, because I was a young man, I was trying to establish mm-hmm. myself, but I didn't really understand that I was really fighting against their love for you. I just saw an incorrect method. And so it was really, it was really tough for me because you had, you had such a lasting, you made such a lasting impression on them and for them to agree to do anything that I said was really disagreeing with you, you know, and it was tough. It was really yeah. tough. And then there's also that, that Julie piece as well. And Julie was very different. Yes, yes. Uh, what happened is, first of all, uh, I did not add these postures into the sequence. These postures have been given to Derek and to Tim Miller by uh, Patapi Joyce. Mm. Um, and Derek, in fact, he was practicing and he was getting adjustment at this point from Patapajus. So basically to me, it, it arrived already into the sequence by, um, because my first first teacher in Astanga was not Derek, was a student of him in, uh, in Athens. So mm-hmm. it's been given to us already on the diagrams because the, I don't know if you know these diagrams of John's. Oh, the, yeah, the John made. Those are beautiful, yeah. And those diagrams, they've been made with the guidance of Derek for the, from the, for the work of Derek. So uh, he just drawn Derek's practice as it's been given to him by Patapi Joyce. Wow. Um, Yes, it was, it was the main, uh, I consider the first book in Ashtanga, this, this set of diagrams, because it's been made for the practice place uh, mm-hmm. in order for people to have something to take with them when they go back home. Mm-hmm. So it was not my idea of these postures. And um, then what happened uh, in some point, they used to practice in Mysore, but at some point, uh, when the students went, were going there, uh, they will ask them to not practice anymore because you will have 12 people in the small room, 70 waiting outside to get in. Mm-hmm. So if you had, you know, they tried to just keep it more uh, simple and not to uh, use this personal guidance uh, 
because it stopped being a personal, all right? And when many, many people start to work on it, it's, it's not a personal kindness anymore. Mm -hmm. It's a starting from the sequence. So uh, nowadays as well, you know, you will find that they take out some postures mm -hmm. because uh, obviously it's difficult to give adjustments to them. When you have 100 people in, uh, in the Shala, in, uh, in Mysore, it's impossible yeah. for one or two teachers to be able to go around and do that. Do you remember when they had us do Trivikramasana in the Utita Hasta? Yes. That yes. was that was I used to take adjustments by W. Joyce that on this yeah. one. So uh, but obviously is a posture is required adjustment. And uh, when uh, they moved to the bigger uh, shala, mm -hmm. uh, it was impossible to continue give the same uh, amount of adjustments. In fact, they stop most of the adjustments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have that's a problem right. Here. We have a problem because uh, the, the tradition is including adjustments, verbal and physical adjustments. Adjustments mm -hmm. that nobody takes from Mysore anymore. And unfortunately, um, most of the students they're assisting, they're, they're, they do not have, they do not have a proper, and I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but they do not have proper education on uh, on adjustment because nobody really shows them the adjustments. Right. Yeah. What were the what was the other posture? You said there was three sort of different postures: the splits, the Hanumanasana, and the middle one, Samakhanasana, and then Trivikramasana. Pasvakonasana B. And Pasvakonasana B. Yeah. That you having a binding after. Ah, the and binding in Pasvakonasana B. Yeah, when you wrap your leg around underneath. Excellent posture for the spine. Excellent I, posture. I remember when John Scott would teach, he would always, um, he would say, and this is in tribute to my teacher, Derek Ireland. Yes, always he has to be clear about uh, what he's doing. Don't <laughs> 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 yeah. misunderstand me, it's for Derek. But he loves Derek, and this is really... Um, I mean, I, I cannot take this from John. He's been really dedicated and he speaks very highly of Derek. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I first uh, started practicing uh, here in Calgary, I was practicing at a studio that had a lot of um, connections to uh, Derek. The owner of the studio had practiced with him before and also, um, you know, Tim Miller and um, and also uh, David Williams and Nancy Gilgoff. So it was sort of uh, old, old style. And so all of those postures were um, when I was taught, like all included in the sequence. And we also used those diagrams uh, oh, that yeah. John Scott drew. Yes, like yeah. Sacred texts. Yeah. And Derek Ireland, uh, when I had started practicing, he had already passed away, but um, my teacher, he was always speaking so highly of him. Like he was a legend of Ashtanga yoga and, um, you know, a footballer turned yogi and that he would practice with weights. And he was sort of this, you know, God of yoga. <laughs> but can you, can you tell us a little bit about him? When, uh Mainly Derek, uh, he wanted to do the things right uh, in a way that he wanted to give his best to his students, to his friends, to his family. You know, he was a very dedicated person, very free person. He loved freedom. 
um, but he loved structure at the same time. So he had all the charisma of the Western, may I say, guru. Mm-hmm. Because he was a guru for us, and he still is a guru on the aspect that maybe he never called himself something like this. And even uh, that he's been in uh, Shivananda Center for many years and everything. The only person who called guru was Guruji. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that be Joyce. Mm-hmm. But for us, um, and for everyone who met him, and even for people that did not met him, uh, it changed our lives because he changed the standards of a of a yogi in uh, in Europe, in the West. Because we have to understand that by that time, nobody's been taken really seriously of doing yoga. Well, Only asana. asana. Yeah. Asana and generally yoga and meditation. I mean, there have been some circles, um, there have been some schools, um, there have been some, uh, you know, not, not very open in society because, you know, the religion and everything was not really easy to be accepted. Mm-hmm. It will be accepted in certain circles, for example, in, uh, for artists or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, scientists that maybe they will study uh, mm-hmm. this aspect, you know, or uh, as a subject of uh, Indian uh, culture or philosophy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or for the people that actually they, they wanted to really get in touch Yoga will be practiced from people that wanted to get in touch with the inner self. So they will search um, all these methods. And I'm not talking just about asana, I'm talking about yoga generally, um, as a rescue in order to experience is a life knowledge. In India, it was still a life knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to experience this relation between uh, student and, t- and teacher, uh, this verbal way of uh, listening and understanding you know there's a different different way from the from the west but the great thing about Derek was that actually he translate this is the word I have in my mind in a moment um, the Indian way of teaching to the western way of teaching so mm-hmm. basically he took uh, the method and put words in it make it a course you had a course of 10 classes, beginner's course. You had the talk primary that actually, yes, it's been used in Mysore, but mainly it's been used by Padabu Joyce in the West because we had big numbers of students, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but still it will be a come to Edrini. It will not be inhale, arms from the sides, palms together, look up your thumbs, exhale, extend forward, hands towards the floor, head in. So basically he translate every vinyasa and make this beautiful talk primary. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. which actually will give explanation about the practice, will give information. And also he will be very aware about the way he looks, the way he speaks, the way he will react. The way... He had this awareness. Um, so he lifted, he literally was, I, in my, I'm sure about that other people that will say the same. He lifted the standards of a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. They will call him um, <laughs> very great, uh, nicely. They will call him uh, Swami Armani because everything he will wear, it had to be <laughs> at a certain frequency. You know, he will never show, you know, with uh, uh, no well dressed or you know, may I call scatty or you yeah. know, <laughs> it was really nice. 
but um, also he had this um, intelligence, uh, emotional intelligence that he was able to understand and uh, uh, able to help uh, many students that had um, problems. So uh, everybody holds him in big respect on his heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you meet him? Uh, my teacher in Athens at the time, she uh, it was Lida Kapetagin from the Center Lotos. She uh, had me practicing up to Navasana for two years. And in some point, uh, I was already 23. In some point, she said to me, are you going to go to Patabi Joyce or to Derek? I cannot take you further. Oh. Hmm. I really appreciate that, you know, you don't find these these days. You know, everybody tried to hold the student under his uh, wing. Right. True. Um, and yes, and this is actually not a very good idea because always there are going to be better teachers than us, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I called Patabi Josh because back then, remember, we had, uh, I mean, no emails or anything like this. Mm-hmm. You had to call or yeah. to write a letter. A letter that you know not going to have necessary reply. So I called, <laughs> and he answered the phone. He said to me, uh, "I'm leaving for America now, so you can come, you know, after a few months." So uh, I said to him, "Okay, I will come." But um, then I used the time I had and the money I had to come and visit uh, Derek. And uh, in one week, I was totally in love with him. Like. Uh-huh many students of, of him as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yes, we find ourselves together after three months. But basically it was a revolution for my practice because just immediately, um, of course I've had very good preparation from my, from my first teacher, very good preparation. Mm-hmm. But immediately um, I realized it was a different exposure to uh, wider community, foreign people, uh, was a completely different uh, world for me. Mm. Yeah, I did. I did get the idea in meeting you that um, certain people belong together, and you know, you two are both sort of larger than life. And um, I, I must have. I must imagine that he was besotted with you as well, like right away. Uh, there are some things, I don't know what it means to be larger than life. I think it's an expression um, that I cannot really, it's been used in English, yes, I hear it. But it was larger than life on, on only one aspect, that even after his death, he didn't uh, abandon me. He didn't left me. So mm. I can say that um, even in my mind, even in my imagination, which actually was more real for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, He was always there on support for the next 15 years. And at some point, I just stopped feeling his presence. So um, I Mm. think he uh, had a great sense of uh, duty towards his uh, family. Mm -hmm. And also, I think it was a connection, uh, not to be, you know, nothing metaphysic or nothing weird. But a feeling, I'm sure you have experienced this type of feeling with somebody that actually uh, left, but there was more to be done. 
So, mm. uh, yes, in this aspect, yes. And our connection was, um, I'm very happy that I had this connection because uh, meeting your soulmate, even for six years, uh, it's something. Mm-hmm. It's something very important. So that uh, is only a matter of time, something. So let's see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's a powerful, a powerful connection when it happens. Yes. Mm. Nice. <laughs> and so you you must have met him in in the eighties then nineteen. I met him in nineteen ninety three. You met him in nine. 90- 93 you met him yes yes i was already practicing for almost uh, two and a half years and you had a baby at this time already i think you, you said i had a baby uh in 1994 a year later ah okay okay uh, but uh, yes yeah, so almost very soon uh two and a half months after i met him uh, got together and in 20 days i was pregnant so huh. <laughs> It was destined. There was a soul waiting to <laughs> to arrive. Definitely was a destiny. I remember myself actually. Uh, we'd be very clear about that without uh, even talk about these things. We're not, we're not together, but it was definitely a feeling that actually I know this man, and I know him from somewhere, which I, I could not really understand. You know, it was a feeling that I know him from the past. So. Um, there was there's some things you know when it happened you have no doubt about it this is it and you don't know if it's going to happen something but when it happened it's amazing it's amazing you 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 mentioned that your your children are are uh, actors and in the film industry i imagine they must be giant beautiful men they're really beautiful yeah the most important thing you know, all the, all the children in the world are beautiful. Every parent thinks his children are beautiful. But the most important thing, I think, is that they have very good character. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, they've, been, they've been my strength, my supporters. That's and, so nice. Uh, uh, yes, I mean, they kept me alive because I think that if I didn't have the children, I don't know how I would be able to cope uh, the loss of Derek. Mm-hmm. So he left me purpose. He left me my children, he left me the teaching, the practice, you know, um, it was for me that I had, I knew that I had to stay longer mm-hmm. and work on things. And uh, I'm really glad about that. At least it balanced all this, uh, you know, loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you talk about how you found out that Derek was sick? We found out because he had some symptoms and he would not give attention. So, what sort of symptoms was he having? He had, um, you know, some symptoms from the testicle cancer, mm-hmm. and um, that was due to an old accident that he had when he was a teenager, mm-hmm. and uh, he hurt himself. So actually, he had some. Uh, you know, some symptoms that he didn't want to pay attention or every time he would just go to the Indian doctor or whatever, they would just tell him, oh, it's okay, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. But one day after one and a half year, uh, he was laid down on the South Crete on the, on the beach and then he would listen to BBC and he would have 
he will recognize some of the symptoms because it was a program about this type of cancer, which oh. by the way is 98% or 95% curable, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, it's the was, Lance, it's the Lance Armstrong cancer. It's the same one. He, it was the same one. It was exactly yeah. the same one in the same period as well, huh? And, yeah, um, that's right. Oh, I remember that actually, uh, you know, he was taking um, strength from this, but he was a person actually that he would not, you know, he would not stop teaching. He he would not stop traveling. He will not. I mean, he will continue because he really believed he can uh, he can handle this situation mm -hmm. uh, and he almost been cured totally uh when he was in athens in um in, at the time he was being treated because i was pregnant so we were together you know we find out when i was two months pregnant on the second child mm -hmm. um so he's been treated perfectly in athens um but with very poor, uh, you know, ways in a Greek hospital with uh, not much care on the, you know, on the side effects of the chemotherapy and everything, but they managed to min minimize, to minimize, minimize, you know, the, the symptoms, the tumors, let's say. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that point, he decided to go to Royal Marsden in, uh, in England, which actually, from that point, it started to get really bad. Mm. So, uh, because he's been treated more as a protocol, do you know mm. what I mean? So, basically, um, you know, whatever you, uh, if it is your time, is your time. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he tried everything he had. He tried classical therapy. He tried, uh, you know, uh, Chinese uh, therapy, medicine, uh, ev everything. You know, everything he tried. But it was, um, it was meant to happen this way. Mm -hmm. So in that I'm, point, uh, accept it, huh? what you can do. <laughs> I'm really glad you said that because there were the rumor at the time was that he rejected classical medicine and was trying to cure it with yoga. I had been told that, but that's no. that's a lie. We spent one and a half year from operation to operation, chemotherapy to chemotherapy. Wow. Uh, it was because he had very strong body, right? Mm -hmm. And the trouble is that as he was uh, producing the good ones, he was producing the, the annoying ones. <laughs> I don't right. say about okay. So basically he tried from the beginning, you know, the first thing he did was to be operated, but they did not do chemotherapy, which in my idea, it had to happen then. Mm -hmm. Because with operation, you know, sometimes cells, the escaping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was the start. Uh, so basically, he did not stop the antitherapy because it was metastasis over metastasis over metastasis. So yeah. the fight he gave uh, to manage, you know, and it was quite interesting because, you know, you can see his strength, you know. I mean, death really worked to take him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was very, um, you know, very charismatic. Uh, person and he will keep waking up even with chemotherapy five o'clock in the morning uh go to the yoga class be there for his students uh it was he was magnificent really god wow and that was how many years was he fighting the cancer it was um 18 months 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. So 98, he passed. Pardon? He died. He passed in 1998. 1999. 1999. Yeah. And. I'm sorry, 1998. Yeah. Sorry. And uh, I imagine you were there when he finally passed. I was there with his mother, actually. Yeah. So we were in the room. He's been, uh, he was in coma the last three days. And that morning at six o'clock, uh, he literally woke up and he called us next to the bed and then he died. So it was uh -huh. like, um, he didn't manage to speak, but he called us, you know, like, you know, with his voice. Mm. Um, yes, it was, uh, it was a shock. Even yeah. that, um, you know, the doctors they did said to us, but it was a shock and I really, feel for his mother a lot because you know sometimes you feel it was a guilt thing i had for many years that sometimes they grow up the, the mothers they grow up the children and then you know it is not i think is the worst thing can happen to somebody mm. Mm -hmm. yeah as a mother you really um it's like your worst nightmare <laughs> yes it is it is mm -hmm. yeah Wow. And so then you, you described earlier a kind of period of, of depression and, and shock and panic attacks. And finally, you said you had to go back to Greece. What happened uh, after four years, because uh, I returned to Greece in 2002. Mm -hmm. um, it was the period that actually we created the Natural Health Center, right? So it was a really fantastic period on the aspect of creation huh? because yeah. the skills of Julie was really amazing on organizing I had no idea I mean I, I did not deposit a check in the bank till that day I, mean, I remember us in front of the ATM <laughs> you mm. know I didn't know how to I didn't know how to do things and I had no idea still from computers and everything like this you know so but she was so amazing on this um, organizing so we had this really fantastic chemistry on creating one from my side was the uh, educate education of the teachers that are going to be there and from the other side was her skills you know how easily she will pick up everything and how much she will contribute on organizing this amazing center so it was booming you know i mean i at least uh, must say that it was a fantastic fantastic experience that Mm. And uh, after that, one morning, I just, um, you know, I think I felt a little bit tired uh, being away from Greece, being away from my family, being in England with uh, the children, feeling a little bit isolated, you know, from my roots. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, because Derek, uh, Derek's um, uh, desire was the children to go to English school. Mm -hmm. but for me, I realized actually this was a bit too much for me. So, um, yeah. It, I just, you know, I, I just wanted my mother, mm. which actually came and picked me up because uh, I did not receive medication because that was a start, actually. That was a start from my depression who lasted for two years. I did not receive medication because she was there for me and she just said to me, you know, you're going to pass like Odysseus through the syringe and we're going to be uh -oh. around to protect you, you know. So... That was really um, amazing because I restarted my life from scratch, from third sequence, 
next day I was doing power mukta asanas, right? So it was like I had to realize that I had to heal myself, that I was strong, yes, I was capable, yes, I proved myself, all these things. Mm -hmm. But in fact, there were some things like your country, your environment, your family, that uh, you need them as well. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. The uh, extra support and... The extra support. And at the same time, as soon as I did this, uh, I came to Greece, I realized I was... Uh, uh, the community in Greece was not um, really uh, educated enough on, uh, on the level of teacher trainings here, right? Because Derek was the first one to teach teacher trainings. And the reason he started to do the teacher trainings was because many people, they will um, come out from Mysore and they will not know how to adjust. They will not know how to, you know, to teach basically. Mm -hmm. And suddenly the, the reputation of Astanga starts to be connected with injuries, yeah. with, uh, you know. And uh, he thought that for the ones that actually you're already teaching is really important to have, you know, one month of very intense um, education on teaching. Mm -hmm. And um, I continued that, you know, I'm still doing this. So what's happening is that, okay, I cannot, I cannot do what he does, you know, one month for him working from the morning to the night. I, I cannot do that by myself, but uh, I do this two weeks teacher training, which actually is for people that have experience in the standard, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. it's not connected to yoga alliance. It's not something like that. So when I came to Crete, to Greece uh, in 2002, because I am Athenian, right? I am oh, you're from Athens. You're not yes. from Crete. I've been born in Athens. I've been grown up in, in Athens. I've been born under Plaka, actually, in the center of Athens. Um, so when I returned there, I realized that we were, um, there were many teachers that actually, they will not meet each other. They will come from different, you know, uh, they, will, they will get in touch with the practice through workshops abroad and everything. So we created the, the first, let's say, community of teachers in Athens, uh, mm -hmm. which actually they had a place to come and practice. Uh, they will do the teacher training. They will do practice. They will grow up as a practitioner. So for me, it was a really amazing experience too. So I must say that every change, every difficult situation will bring after a really nice um, golden <laughs> <laughs> experience because if I will not have these difficult moments, then I will not be able to experience these beautiful, beautiful, amazing moments of creation and uh, mm. you know, lovely experience. So it was always, I must say that every change uh, it happened, it was always something waiting on the other side. Mm. <laughs> like you had to pass through some darkness to step into the light. Yeah, but exactly. You have to, yeah. sometimes life is just going to give you a kick. <laughs> yeah. But you're really attached, we are really attached. I mean, in natural health center, I was really attached to what has been created there. Mm -hmm. But at the end, I just left it because I realized that it could not go on. It was one of the things, again, it could not go on. The dynamics of it, they were not. Uh... And, you know, Julie wanted so much uh, what's been created. So I left it to, the, to her. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
unfortunately after a few months she left as well so yeah she um, gave it to me yeah yes exactly. <laughs> we went to good hands we went to good hands that's important and it's <laughs> going on so this is you know yeah. is it fantastic that i never you, you remember that. sarah sarah miles she was was she yes. your student yes yeah, so, so yes. then i gave it to her yeah 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 Yes, and then you know, obviously, all this uh, uh, situation, politics, um, Sharat, um, not Sharat, uh, Manjabra, you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. It was a different phase in the community as well. So it divided people in more than one levels. I wanted to to ask you about that because you know, my when I met Julie, uh, I had just come from Mysore, and I was mm -hmm. very much in the thick of it. Like I, I had. Adored Patapi Joyce. I I loved the the lineage, the parampara, like the whole thing. I was in it, and Julie sort of came off as like, "Why are you going to Mysore? What do you what do you care about him for?" And I was a little put off by that, and I was like, "You wait, you're not in our community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did, you didn't have that conflict with her." Julie, she learned mostly from me. So I did not have to have a conflict and I, did ne I never felt in my life ever that I had to direct somebody somewhere. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that I actually appreciated about Derek's uh, teaching was that he, you know, it's not, it's not easy. I mean, you can only suggest, but it's not easy to really push and push and push people towards the gurus because it's a huge responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they can only see your example. They can only see the way you're reacting, the way you think, the way you are, mm -hmm. but you cannot really take responsibility mm -hmm. for the souls of people. My idea about that is that try, study with everyone and your own experience with your own experience find your conclusions do you know what i mean mm -hmm. because you're going to find people that can say they used to say to me oh don't go to batabi joyce because you know because you've been with derek and derek was going there with rada for 10 years he's going to see he's going to be nasty to you he's going to be bad to you but if i will listen to them i wouldn't have this amazing relationship and believe me he didn't have an amazing relationship batabi joyce with me only he had with everyone mm -hmm. you know I cannot come out and say, oh, I had this special relationship. No. <laughs> Sorry, but he's, uh, he was so great that he was managed to have a good relationship with everyone because he was caring for mm -hmm. everyone. Okay. So I don't say that, you know, with his uh, sort of like, yes, I think he had a special relationship. No, nothing like this. You know, he was, he was like a grandparent to all of us and he was caring. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. So basically, no, I will not really uh, push her to do something. I will not push any of my students to do something. But I will say to them, if they come to me and they say to me, oh, you know, I heard this and that about Mysore. Oh, you know, I heard this and that. I heard this and that about much. I will say to them, go and see with your own eyes. Mm. Because what if you like it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know... Now, you know, the, my students, the community, I don't call them students, most of them, because some of them, they are more than 15 years or something, you know, but the people that, you know, uh, we study together, let's put it like this, they have this freedom to be 
authorized from Mysore to invite Manju, to respect Manju, to be able to study with Saraswati. You know, we don't, we're not interested in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at the end of the day, the wish of Patabi Joyce was his children and this lineage to pass from all the family, not just from the one or the other one. Uh, and he told me that. So, you know, he told me that because the way he built up the Shala, the biggest Shala, okay, his, his institute, uh, when it was on, um, on a building site, he took me for a, for a tour upstairs to show us. It was me and Annie Pace. So he would, we would walk up and he would show us what is upstairs above the Shala. Mm-hmm. And he will say, you know, of course it was building site, right? Nothing was formed. He will say, this is the living room and this is the kitchen for all the family. And you will see internal steps. And in four corners of this um, flat, it will be four smaller flats from one bedroom and one bathroom. And he will literally lift his arm and say, this is Sarat, this is Manju, this is Anaswati, and this is Manu. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you believe he's going to come back, Manju? He said, yes, all of us here will be together and we're going to all teach together. Um, you know, so if he says that, how you after, how after you can ignore that? And obviously, you know, when uh, Manju started to come to us um, in Crete, because we invited him and the first time he came for six people, uh, I called uh, Sharat again mm-hmm. on the phone <laughs> because at the time he could speak to him on the phone. And I said, all good. You know, I'm really grateful, you know, to to you and you know with my heart it's going to be there always because you can never really take the teachings from your body from your system away sometimes we think um you know sometimes we think that oh my old teacher and that was not really my teacher but he's been printed mm-hmm. <laughs> as a tool. you can scrap it as much as you want but the memory has been printed right mm-hmm. so i said to him I thank him and I said, but now it's time to uh, give service to Manju. And he asked me, to Manju? I said, yes, to Manju. I will come back, I said. And I did went back in 2014. But I felt that he was sorted. He had his students, he had everything. Uh, mm-hmm. It was time to bring balance in this situation by, um, by making an effort and give a service to, uh, to Manju at the time. So we can have a balance. Do you know what I mean? It's interesting because, like, you when I was reading your your interv- your intro, and you say the sentence authorized by Patabi Joyce, and certified by Manju, there was a time in our community where if you said that, people would stop answering your phone, they would stop <laughs> emailing you, and they would and they would maybe not even talk to you anymore. It was that much of a conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, t- this this illusion that there's a difference, you know, that, oh, if you're studying with Manju, I'm not even going to talk to you anymore. Yes. What is this? I mean, uh, how, how can we be like this? Um, I think that um, basically this did not even came from uh, only from India. You know, I don't think in the family it was so strong at the time. It became after Guruji's death that because mm-hmm. obviously... You know, we have to understand this, you know, as a huge organization. And um, 
it was a very uh, confusing time. Mm -hmm. So when, um, for me, it was really clear that, because you see what's happening, the certification authorization system was not existed as long that Derek was alive. I remember uh, John Scott and Lino writing to Derek for convincing Patapi Joyce to do that. And mm -hmm. he was looking at me, you know, with his letter and he, he will reply like over my dead body, you know, this, as soon as I'm alive, this is not gonna happen. <laughs> Good, you know, a year later, his death, we have this organization certification system in, uh, in Mysore. And um, the thing is that in a way people, they start to, all of us, we start to tune towards this recognition, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Actually, the time in order to be—I don't know if you remember. Have you met Mr. Joseph? Yes, of course, yeah. yeah. Of course, Mr. Joseph. You know the time. Uh, what is going to happen if you wanted to have your um, uh, your, your your paper, you know, your authorization? They will say to you, but Abijes will say to you. He will ask them. He said he will say, write down and bring it to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then I asked Mrs. Joseph, I said, what does he mean? What do you mean about that? He said, put a few words down about you and your feelings, you know, your experience in a piece of paper. And if he agrees, you know, he's going <laughs> to give you the blessing, the blessing yeah. to teach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember having to write what? that letter. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. yeah. So sweet. No money involved, nothing. You know? Oh, no money. <laughs> oh. No money. Huh. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I, that was in the beginning, huh? We're talking yeah. about, about the old shala, not uh, about the yeah, yeah. Yes. after the change again, after they start to charge and the, you know, whatever. Yeah. And uh, then he will give you a letter and he will say, open it. Open it to see what's written inside. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was, like, it was a gift. Yeah. So later on, you know, I uh, was, uh, because I was following him on the tours, uh, we would be in London. And then, you know, it stuck in my mind, I need to do the certificate. I need to have the certification because, you know, stupidity, obviously, you know, stupid, <laughs> stupidity. And then uh, I spoke to him because always, you know, we will meet uh, because he wanted to see the children, how they grow up and everything. And I said, mm. can I do something, you know, with my stupid, stupid attitude? Can I do something to help more or help who more? I don't know. I don't know what I had in my mind. And he would, he turned to me and said, you teach. I said, yes, Guruji, thank you. But can I get something else, something else actually I should do? And he looked at me, he said, you teach. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone, you know? Yeah. You have it, you stupid person, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and years later, uh, Manju, years later, uh, Manju, he um, offered the certification. And for me, it was like, okay, it continues, it continues through these people. Karmically, they have this position at the time. We respect this position. And Manju, he's a wonderful man, wonderful man. I mean, now, I mean, who's gonna write you a message? Which teacher? Write your message, you know, before a month, before two weeks when we had these huge fires, he wrote to see if we are well. Mm. I mean, 
things nice. like this, you know, mm -hmm. is what they're making, what, what, and this is what I appreciate as what Patapi Joyce, you know, he will not, he will remember you, do you know what I mean? Mm. You will yeah. see a single man going put flowers on, uh, on, on the picture of his dead son or whatever. He was very simple. Mm -hmm. So when some when we lose the simplicity, uh, this is the problem, I think. And that was one of the things that actually really made me feel a little bit sad when I visit visit Mysore back in 2014, when I saw that there were not senior teachers there. Which oh, they, they can look after the place so beautifully. Mm -hmm. I can imagine if. Sharad will not kick out the, the senior teachers. There could be all of us in the shala. There could be, no, exclude me. All in the shala, mm -hmm. helping and build up this vibration. And mm -hmm. also, you know, have Manju there teaching once a month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just for a month. Just yeah. to be in touch with, but of course, all these, they were dreams, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 when I, 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 did, I wanted to have a meeting for, with him and I said to him you know the community has been split up now why I mean is it necessary that he said if you put two monkeys in the same cage they're eating each other <laughs> now, who said that ma, uh, Sharat Sharat said that to you you put two monkeys in the cage and they will be hating each other eating, each other. eating each other yes oh, yeah. I mean there was not a sense of cooperation anymore, no chance. So in fact, maybe this is for the best. Mm. But at the end of the day, they are the ones that continue the system. Karmically is important to be recognized because they keep lifting the frequency on the earth as Patapi Joyce did, as mm. Patapi Joyce did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's, you know, our jobs too, as, as teachers, as practitioners, you know, I feel like that's such a beautiful way of, um, you know, you've summed up sort of the, the main objective so sweetly, you know, that it's, it's actually up to us to raise the vibrations on the earth. And that's, I mean, what it means really to step into that role. Like, are you willing to, um, you know, keep lifting others up with you? The fact is that the one is lifting the other one. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure that actually sometimes, you know, we go to the class and we are not in very good um, shape, mentally, mm -hmm. everything. But at the end of the class, because we are witnessing what is happening, Mm -hmm. We are witnessing what is happening. It's working in so much meditative stage that we organize ourselves inside. So mm -hmm. basically, um, it's about this beautiful technique that it keeps in a good level the vitality. Mm -hmm. So every time it drops, we have this tool in our hands. It's a very powerful tool. And that's why it had to be controlled as well. I mean, Let's face it, I mean, can you imagine the whole world practicing Ashtanga, which we cannot really, we say it's for the past, but it could be easily a measure from, from the future. Who knows? <laughs> it's very interesting to me. I mean, but it's a strong tool to be able, you know, to uh, keep up the vitality levels into the system. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have this in our hands. 
I mean, it's not just an honor to share it with other people. I don't think we realize uh, how beautiful it's been uh, this method to us, you know, to our lives. Hmm. I wanted to, to ask you about your your parents and your mother, your mother said something very beautiful to you about Odysseus, that your depression will pass like Odysseus before the Serenes, which I would, I would have called sirens, but I prefer Serenes. That's so beautiful. You, you, you mentioned, you said that your parents were, um, were very artistic and you had a very art, artistic uh, childhood. Um, but you also talk so eloquently about philosophy and uh, ontology. I, I'm just curious about your upbringing and what did your parents do? What were they like? My parents, they met when my mother, she was 14 and my father was 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were too young, but at, at that time, uh, it could be considered a little bit normal for yeah. a girl to marry in this age, unfortunately. I mean, I should not say that because I won't be born, but... <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it was a love. It, I mean, they really felt in love uh, with each other. And uh, they, my mother, she had two children in the same year, me in January and my brother in December. So you can imagine it was a very... But it came through a really passionate love. This was not actually... You know, mm-hmm. you know, it came through this pure feeling of, uh, you know, of, 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 of the blossom. But the thing is with my mother, and this is so beautiful, I really am so glad for her, is that she was always the best student in the class. And because of the pregnancies and the marriage life, she had to stop going to school. Mm-hmm. And she reacted when she was 18 demanding to go back to school and go back to university. So she had to divorce to do all these things because- Divorce, divorce. to do those things? Yes, oh. because, uh, okay, my, my, my father really loved her, but her, her you know, reaction was like, I don't want to be in this anymore because she felt really uh, trapped. Mm-hmm. So wow. she chose to divorce in order to start to have a life you know and i'm really happy to to say that before uh four months she took her uh, phd in musicology sociology so we completed the circle you know (laughs) full of studies and uh, full of art and uh, you know passing through several times so i've grown up with my mother uh and my mother she was uh an artist as well. So we I grow up in an environment uh, surrounded by artists, musicians, and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, conversations about philosophy and about uh, sociology and everything. Um, and we have, you know, it was this background. From the other side, my father, he was a very religious man, very, um, very successful as a businessman and everything. And uh, he was a very, very kind person and very, um, let's say he was praying a lot and I lost him before four months as well, mm-hmm. before three months. So, uh, but he was the kindest man. He was very, very kind constantly. So uh, 
I've been I've been very lucky to have uh, my parents up to my fifty. Mm. I lost my dad now, so I do feel a little bit. I'm still grieving, but um, mm. he was very spiritual, so everything he just gone. He just gone. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So, um, yes, so that was my upbringing and environment. In a way. Four months ago, your father passed, and your mother got a PhD. Yes, it was on the same um, uh, same month, three months. Before, <laughs> Good months Lord! Before. Oh, it's a, it's an amazing thing to hear about because it, it doesn't sound like your father was a cruel man. It's just that your what? mother left him to pursue her yes, uh, another life. To, yes, she had to do it. Believe me, she had to do it because if you don't listen, uh, these calls then in the end you are just end up miserable our life will be all of us will be miserable and uh the fact that actually she opened her wings it was a great inspiration mm. it was yeah. great inspiration to me and she's still a great inspiration on the aspect that you know she was a divorced mother right i mean unacceptable at the time in greek society yeah. mm-hmm. simple mother and uh, she actually had to be educated in order to work and provide Right, mm-hmm. and then uh, funny enough, you know, uh, I find myself in the same. I find myself in the same uh, position. Mm-hmm. So basically, they depend. It was when we talk about feminism. Uh, these were the real feminists, the women that actually, they they really step out on the unknown in order to grasp life. <laughs> You know, and I think that, uh, you know, for me, she's been a great, uh, great inspiration. In that. H- had you intended to study music or philosophy? Did you do that before you, you encountered yoga? Before I uh, did my first class, because I was, <laughs> the first class was my, my end of my studies in, uh, in theater. Okay. <laughs> And I was studying at uh, the time Latin African dance, uh, a traditional one mm-hmm. in, um, in this period. And I was quite party animal at the time. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. And I think, uh, yes, that uh, the, first, the first class of, uh, of yoga was the one like, what is this? Because as I said before, my mother, she inspired me in many ways because, you know, she, uh, one of the studies she did is that to know, is not a tour guide. In order to do the work she does, you need to know amazingly well the Asian history of all the uh, ancient, mm-hmm. you know, locations in Greece. So she would drag me all the time to the museums and, uh, <laughs> and I will see these beautiful statues. And with the first uh, class of Astanga, I'm being hooked. I said, I, I feel what I see all these years, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, I was in, in the, I was studying music as well. Uh, several times, you know, I've been involved to choirs with the singing and uh, yeah, it is, it, I still go on with it. Um, Did you recognize I, yourself in the Greek statues? Just like, oh yeah, this looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I made you laugh. I'm wondering. <laughs> I was wondering if I could do that or not. Okay. Uh, well, you know something is like I don't think that every 
I think everyone recognizes themselves in Greek statues. Let's put it this way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that, uh, you know, if this is the same feeling you have with the practice of the Ashtanga, it just gives you this, as Derek used to say, it helps you stand tall. Mm-hmm. So this opening of the chest and this energy that actually uh, the beauty brings out. Mm-hmm. Uh, something you feel inside. Uh, Stanga has this aesthetic uh, result. But no, before I do a Stanga, I never rec- recognized myself as a Greek statue. <laughs> Only after. <laughs> Only after. <laughs> Only after. It's, connected, mm. it's connecting, uh, the method is connecting us with uh, the ancestors of our country, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It brings up, mm. uh, it brings up, that's why I don't consider something Indian. Because mm. it is, as, as Patabi Joyce said, universal. Yeah. Can I ask you, um, and we can, we can always cut these things out if they're not comfortable. Uh, just, something that I, I feel like um, I've struggled with is being an independent person, being a counterculture, uh, being interested in, in in a punk anti-conservative, but then I went and I joined a place in Mysore where I was in a system and I was subservient to the guru. Mm -hmm. And it was, I liked it. It was very important to me and I liked the structure and I liked everything about it. Can you you speak to that at all? Because you mentioned being a a feminist and, and someone who is creating herself, but then you are going and paying respect and obedience to a patriarch. Does it make sense? Our lineage is not patriarch because if you consider that the fact that he's offering a method that is going to bring the, pu- the maximum beauty on a female body and a maximum beauty on a male body, I never consider it a patriarch. Hmm. And I think that, you know, Kusamacharya being the first one actually accepting women, right? I mean, and then Patap Joyce be the first one to accept people from other religions mm-hmm. and women and everything, you know, it's like things that actually, uh, they were quite uh, you know, different for the conservative uh, Mysore because uh, okay there is another side that actually you, have, you know the caste system mm-hmm. you have uh, the doctors uh, study um, there's some taxi drivers that study doctors but they are not able to you know it's like crazy mm-hmm. so I, I never consider um, patriotic patriarchic the uh, a lineage at least mm-hmm. because when I used to go there, you would not have these signs of darsan, kissing the feet. Um, you know, there were very few people doing this for their mm-hmm. own. It's not been required by mm-hmm. the Joyce and like that. Mm-hmm. And also, Joyce, he was very in love with his wife. Mm-hmm. Very in love. You can see that. That. It was uh, still there was there the chemistry between them, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think he honored, but I'm just he honored 
the female nature as the male nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a system, you know, with a system. I mean, how you can, I mean, we have to understand if you see old movies uh, in every country, right? And if, if you see, uh, uh, I remember myself, okay, I'm 50 now, but when I was 14, I would walk on the street, there would be a bunch of males coming around me and nagging me, you know, like, you know, where you're going, let's go for coffee, you know, things you don't mm-hmm. see around, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we had these sort of like flirty interactions, sometimes it was annoying. But it, it is a society thing. It was not just, yeah. you know, what's happening in the Shala, which in the Shala did not really happen. You can see that it will not be a favoritism. It will not be, uh, we will not be treated like we had to be on the church or something like that. Mm-hmm. But showing respect to the environment, it's a different thing. Mm. It sounds like you had a very deep connection also with the method itself and that that was, you know, very transformative for you. Um, not and not to downplay your relationship to the people, of course, the people were also important, but the practice um, was what was bringing out the, the beauty and the strength and the courage. Yeah, for me, the practice is being uh, uh, the vehicle to satisfy my curiosity for the human bodies, people, you know, for human. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I have this great excitement and curiosity about uh, existence. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. for me, the method, it helped, it helped me to satisfy this knowledge, you know, about see how the senses are reacting, how the body are reacting. See that actually it brings up this aesthetic result, this beautiful aesthetic result. And it's not a bad thing to have an aesthetic result, you know, because you're practicing a beautiful method and then you can see that on the body. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, I believe all the Ashtangis are artists. You know, artists. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, you know, it cannot, obviously, the practice cannot replace your lover, your friend, you know, it cannot replace, uh, you know, human relationships. Mm-hmm. So we use it in order to become better people and in order to offer more to other people around us and to the earth. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's beautifully said. You said... Um... In your bio that I read that there's been a a new kind of transformation in your life that uh, recently, perhaps I'm I'm incorrect, but recently you've been actively involved in the practice uh, of Zen, Zen chanting uh, under the guidance of a Zen master, Hyongak Sunim. Um, Can you tell us how this evolved for you? Had, Had you been doing have you been practicing Zen all along or, or is this new for you? Um, before 10 years, I was uh, uh, involved in a very bad uh, relationship with my second husband. We were just oh. completely two different people. Mm-hmm. We have together this beautiful daughter, which I'm really, really, really in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. um, that I did experience a really bad relationship in my second uh, 
marriage just because uh, we were different people. Mm -hmm. The one will see the yoga as uh, power and strength for the humans. The other will see it like something to sell. Let's put it like this. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, somehow, perhaps this unhappiness had to stop. And uh, I received this uh, letter from the students of Hyongang Sinin that he wants to come and stay for three months in Crete and study the Yastanga. And then I read his bio and uh, my answer was, I'm sorry, I have nothing to teach you. Hmm. <laughs> One of the main, you know, Zen masters in Korea and obviously I got scared. <laughs> yeah. mm. I have nothing to teach you, so you know maybe maybe you should go there and there and there. But, but he uh, replied personally this time, and he said, you know, the body needs some attention. So oh. to cut the long story short, he came. He stays for three months, and these three months, uh, I get more involved. He he does the first sequence, and I get involved to the Zen uh, chanting and Zen meditation. And obviously through that, he just stood next to me for seven years. Up to a point, he will make sure <laughs> I mean, that, you know, he will visit every year. So every year we'll have Manju coming and Sunim coming. And Manju coming and Sunim coming. And um, he, was, he was a great support uh, in my life. And the strength I gained from this, it changed my life for one more time. So uh, I decided to take a divorce and focus one more time into my teachings. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was a great help, this practice, because it really helped me to sit down, to be able to meditate, to recognize and to gain strength. Because in this case, you need strength. Uh, not so much emotional opening, but strength. And that's what I gained from this, uh, from this technique. I return back to my, my, my strength. I don't say my true nature because I don't know what it is, but <laughs> all my strength again. And um, then I started traveling and huge uh, experience of uh, traveling on, uh, you know, all winter on different city every weekend and, it was really, really amazing, and still amazing. Yeah. Yeah. For our listeners, if you, if you haven't tried divorce, I would recommend it. Oh, it's gosh. helpful. <laughs> um, you you did all of this at the Trupetra Yoga Retreat, is that correct? Uh, it happened on the Trupetra Yoga Retreat. No, it had two two forms. One Trupetra Yoga Retreat was on the south. Later on, became the Yoga Rocks. Mm. And the second uh, form of it, let's say the next step was, we use the same name in uh, the north side. So we returned to Rethymnon and all this happened in Rethymnon, not in the south. Now the period, the period actually that uh, the Triopeda Yoga Retreat uh, started to operate for, si for six years, it was between 2005, till 2000 and, uh, to, uh, 2010 or something like that. So it was an amazing experience that because 
I find myself a manager of a yoga retreat one more time on the next bay of Ayos Pablos. <laughs> uh, you know, um, but this time was not just referring to the British community, right? This was more, much more border because every two uh, weeks we will host a senior teacher, you know, Rolf, Nancy, David Williams, um, mm-hmm. uh, Danny Paradise, Manju, you know, every two weeks, Mark Darby. It was a an, an great opening. Uh, to me, because I find that actually uh, it was a great opportunity to meet these people. Mm-hmm. They will visit, the students will visit every two weeks. And um, I will make really great friendships, you know, with this, uh, with this beautiful uh, teachers. Mm-hmm. That's the wonderful thing about doing these workshops is you do, you become friends and you meet them and then you see them again, you know, in Mysore and another city. And it's a special mentorship that happens, a special relationship to see, you know, how how the Ashtanga yoga practice can transform your mind and and how you relate to people. And also the teaching is happening and the exchange of the, you know, it was beautiful because you had this feeling of exchange of views, you know, and uh, talk about things and... Uh, with these people that they were so long practitioners, they will bring the knowledge from other countries, you know, mm-hmm. other ways of uh, seeing things. And then we had in Crete, and we still have Cliff Barber, which actually- oh, In a uh, cave, Cliff in a cave. No, no river, river. <laughs> river, okay. <laughs> so these guys, they've been for many years friends before, they did not meet for years, and then suddenly they start to meet each other again. And you see this beautiful, you know, uh, every time that Manji will come, we'll meet him, uh, David William will meet him. I did not have the luck to study with Cliff, but, um, you know, Crete became again a place of frequency as well for the Ashtanga. So it, it's been the first, in Crete, it's been the first Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga Center of Europe with Derek and Rand, of course. Mm-hmm. And is shaping, keeps shaping, you know. So uh, it, it was amazing experience for me because it was like giving service. Obviously, it was my work, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I will, you know, make my living from that. It was like giving service to these amazing senior teachers mm-hmm. that they were willing to travel here and be with the students. And it was really a fantastic experience. I still have very good, uh, you know, connections with them. Yeah, we uh, we have some students that we know that uh, like to go every year and go practice with one of those teachers yeah. that yeah. you've hosted. Yeah. yeah, it's their annual yoga vacation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, as I said before, the really beautiful thing is to say that as well as the yoga rocks in the south, but actually, you know, when we moved to... Uh, to the north of the island, there were some students that took over the place. One of the amazing thing I really love is that wherever, everything is continuing. So it's really beautiful that it's still the Ashtanga in, uh, you know, in, in a natural health center. It's still, you know, they speak, the senior teachers, they're going to the south where we used to invite them. It, it's something so beautiful and it doesn't have to involve money. For me, I, I, 
for me, never involved money. It's not like I built up a business and I sold it after. Mm-hmm. I was always moving on because I was realizing it was not, you know, freedom is expensive. Let's put it this way. Mm. <laughs> so, yes, it's a really beautiful thing that uh, that you you took it over, guys, and it continues, you know. So, I mean, this, what's a greater honor for uh, for me? Yeah, it's lovely mm. to see something that you started um, and like kind of birthed into being and whether it's a retreat center or yoga school or a Mysore program, um, some, a part of you wants it to continue living. A part of you wants to see it continue on. Absolutely. And also, you know, Russell, you will, uh, you will understand what I'm saying now. You can imagine Jebby's face, right? Yeah. So we were the first Astanga center in, uh, in Brighton. When I arrived in Brighton, was somebody that was living outside uh, Brighton and he was giving classes, but not in the center. I cannot remember. Raphael? I don't remember. Hmm. Have you ever heard of him or something? I'm not sure. Raphael. I know a Raphael um, um, from... He moved to Toscany after. He moved to Toscany. So... Occasionally, he used to do some classes in, uh, in, in Brighton, but it was mm-hmm. not a center there. Mm-hmm. So um, the thing is that uh, building up a, a community always have, uh, you know, this sort of like you take a risk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, the beauty the beauty of it is that actually is alive. It goes on. It takes for it change forms. It changes cities. It changes everything. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what's next for you, Christina? Where what do you have planned? What is happening now is that uh, we have this beautiful uh, chalet in a village outside Rathimnon, and people. Uh, they come, they study, and then they have the rest of the day free. Mm, so nice. Crete is such a beautiful island and you never, uh, I mean, it's big, huh? it's really mm-hmm. big, but beautiful at the same time. So what is happening is I realized I didn't want anymore to offer yoga holidays because I'm not there to sell the, the sky and the sea and the, <laughs> the like this and being in yoga retreats for 10 years it's huge responsibility you know if you offer accommodation and food to people and you know yeah wake four o'clock in the morning i mean when you're a manager on these places you know it's different and also yeah. my teaching went back because uh, i will not give priority to it i will continue teaching always but i will not give priority for some years so I believe that the best thing is, you know, for somebody who comes here, because this is actually what I, I am planning to go on with. And uh, the, what we have, the yoga practice. The yoga practice is started in 2001 in London. And uh, with my co-founder at the time, uh, Michael Anastasiadis. Michael, he's one of the best interior designers in the world right now. Oh, hmm. back then we were, you know, two young people that actually we start, you know, uh, to start our career in a way. And um, but Michael, he's been uh, 
you know, my pillar on the aspect that he felt for me. So he makes sure that actually I will have, you know, a name and a business name in my hands. Well, and the yoga practice was, uh, it's very neutral. You cannot even, uh, you know, copyright it or anything like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really registered because a yoga practice, nobody can use this name for his own business by stamp and say to somebody else, you cannot use this name because what? <laughs> so, but it, it's containing everything. And uh, he's, been, um, he's been a student of uh, Richard Freeman as well, which we had to, the luck to uh, you know, invite him as well. Mm-hmm. So for me, the top Western teacher is Richard. Mm-hmm. Say this publicly. <laughs> you, you can know, say you it can, publicly, yeah. yeah. I have said it myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and Mary, I just like um, a lot the way that he still, you know, on his website, you see the dedication he has to Patabi Joyce. Mm-hmm. So uh, Michael, he's been for me my best friend all these years. And uh, in the end, he just gave generally, you know, and the name and everything, he said, this is yours now. And he, he was there, you know, in a really difficult time of my life. So this continues now. We still give the teacher trainings uh to teachers that want to learn a bit more because we really want to stay focused on the tristana on the adjustments verbal verbal or physical um and as you do and as we all do we try to continue the uh, tradition from generation to generation mm-hmm. because unfortunately now we are on the stage that actually Nobody's ditching us adjustments. <laughs> no, I would suggest that some people are um, a little concerned about giving adjustments. Exactly, exactly. There's another thing that was another thing. Oh my God, that was that was a wake up call. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, how many? How many of these dedicated students just put the picture from the Padabi's from, from from the wall and just throw it on the garbage bin. I mean, we're in shock with that. Never mind, you know, it's okay. Everybody has his own experience. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to wait for a movement to speak about his experience. If mm-hmm. I believe ah. that. Uh, <laughs> interesting. You know, yes, I think it's very interesting. For me, this is it, you know, it's okay. Everybody is free. And if something is all right, it's good to be said. Yeah. But that doesn't cancel I cannot cancel the experience, the individual experience of each person. Mm-hmm. And um, quite frankly, if somebody will come to me and see the photograph of my grandfather on the wall and say, oh, he grabbed my boob. <laughs> I'll, after all these years, he's dead. Mm-hmm. I will have compassion inside of me and I will have compassion for the person who says that and for my grandfather. Mm-hmm. I mean, and at the end of the day, uh, there's many skills, uh, many, many scales for, for this situation. But um, we continue, we continue on uh, passing this, you know, small details on teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that we don't need any of all this uh, politics, this old story now. Every, everything is settled in a a good uh, role the only thing we can do is to do the things better <laughs> yeah yeah and also you know not forget the jersey because i find that people now when they're practicing they just look the legs you know so 
uh, use a drishti because a drishti. The drishti. See, we thought you said it's, it's important not to forget the Jews. And I was like, <laughs> no, yes, no. I I agree. Don't forget anyone. <laughs> no, no. You the drishti. Don't forget the drishti. Yes. Drishti. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, right. Just a oh, shout out to my people. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> don't forget them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget anyone. <laughs> yes. So we go on. So this is the next thing. And my idea is just to continue what I've been doing before. It's just changing form. I just adapting myself digitally. You know, I got to do whatever I have to do. If I cannot travel, I still have my short classes in the morning and by Zoom. And I'm able to do them because Derek gave me the right tools to be able to teach that, like I give to my students and teacher trainings to be able to use the words and not just counting. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, and that's so important is to, to, you know, be able to have verbal adjustments. People often ask, well, how do you teach Mysore on Zoom? Say so you, you use words. <laughs> <laughs> And also on my website, if you go with people, not whoever wants to go about here, the, you can download the talk primary of Derek and translate in four languages. Oh, beautiful. So this is, you know, it could be a, a book uh, that actually you can print it. And then if, you, if somebody needs to give a verbal adjustment, doesn't know how to do it, you can study that. You can study that. Mm-hmm. And also the pranayama of Derek is uh, free to be listened, to be practiced in the same uh, under Derek Island on our website, yogapractice.gr. I still have his, um, his CD in my mm-hmm. closet. I have, it, uh, I have it here in my, my bookshelf that, uh, f- from the old days. I think maybe Doug gave it to me. It was a... Yeah, it is, it is with a bit of a drasana outside, right? Say, say again? It is the Virabhadrasana outside. Because yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's doing, he's on the beach in Virabhadrasana, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What's happened with this one is that we, uh, Michael, he managed to save this copy from a data machine, data machine, because oh. uh, the tape was in there and the batteries were leaked everywhere. So he managed <gasps> to extract, give it for a process, and he designed the CD in order oh. to give it to people. Wow! So exactly, exactly. That's why I'm really thankful to this, uh, to my good friend, and uh, I hope he will listen this uh, podcast because uh, he lost his father a few days ago as well. Oh. So, um, but I'm really, really, generally very, very grateful. You mm. know, for the people that being there for me, um, and I just want to say a huge thank you for all of them. You know, yeah. so. Mm. Thank you so much for, for giving me this opportunity. We're very honored and very grateful to have you. And I'm thank you so much. And I'm, it's very it's very special to to have you on the show. It it feels, um, gosh, it's it, it's it's a I can't say it enough. Just that it's a real honor that you'd be here with us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for taking the time and sharing with us your story. Thank you for giving me the platform and the possibility to speak about things I love. Mm-hmm. And I just love your voices and I love your faces, which I saw them before. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind that uh, I'm really grateful. 
for this meeting. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow, watching the breaking waves, there's a heart.